you, Josh. Thank you very much. Well, it's good to see you today. This is gonna, I hope this is going to be a fun day all the way around. Uh, fun day for um, just uh, getting to come together and to experience the presence of God. Uh, getting to um, hang out with each other and talk and, and eat, uh, eat some good food. And uh, sit outside where it's hot and sweat. Um, <laughs> We're also going to set it up so there's some tables inside so that, that we can come inside where it's, where it's cool as well. But I just want to, I do want to invite you. I know that this, come, come back, come back. We've, you know, we're, yes, we're going to have barbecued hamburgers, but this is kind of like to raise money for our, our to, to, to take with us because we're going to take your money that you, that you give to buy these hamburgers and we are going to go into this little marketplace. It is it, it is like it's like going back into um, to about um, about 1900 1920. It's a place that in uh, years before, uh, it's a place that the uh, the uh, the uh, the elephant hunters would bring their ivory that they'd killed these incredible beautiful creations of God. Little, that sound a little. Yeah, I meant for it too. Um, but, um, you know, they would bring the ivory into this, this area. It, it's, it's like going back in history. It's just, and, but I'm going to take your money that you're using today to buy a hamburger, and I'm going to, to buy bags of rice, bags of lentils. Um, uh, and and you're, you're going to get to impact a kid's life. And so, so stick around. We're going to do something a little bit different than we usually do on, on our two things different. Number one we're going to do that's going to be different is um, uh, instead of French fries, we're going to kind of like go African style. Uh, we've got mangoes and papaya. Uh, we've got a lot of really fun fruit that we're going to have because you don't need to be eating French fries anyway. So my wife tells me all the time, and uh, that's okay because I'm not really that hooked on French fries, but I am hooked on fruit. And so we got some great fruit uh, that we're going to be having, and uh, some hamburgers, and it's just going to be a good time together. And you're going to be changing kids' lives. You're going to be changing kids' destinies, and I mean that very honestly. That is not a, not just kind of a. And I want to say thanks again for all the numbers of. Of, of, of times that you walk past those little one ga- those five gallon water jugs and drop in a dollar. A while back I said, hey, why don't we do this? Why don't you give up a cup of coffee every week, uh, just one cup during the week, and put that money into these water jugs, you know, so that some so a kid can eat in you know in one of our orphanages. And so we've been doing that over the years, and it's raised a lot of money. I want to say thanks for doing that, and it's important. Because i got to tell you, a bag of rice costs money. Whether you're in the United States or whether you're in Africa, it costs money. And um, it just, you know, it costs to, cost to feed kids. And so that's what this, t- t- this today is, is for that. We'll be leaving October the 31st to go to Africa. Um, for those of you that were planning on going and then kind of for certain reasons couldn't go, uh, let me, I, I was talking with somebody earlier today and about this. I'm going to rub salt in your wound. Um, but th- for some reason, I was able to set this trip up to where we are going to go to Istanbul first. 
and we and they're, the they're, the the airline is putting us up in a hotel, giving us a city tour, and we get to do this, and so it's going to be a fun time. Uh, then we'll 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 get we'll do we'll get to go and and love on our kids there and say hi to them. But I do want to say thank you so much for that. Now, oh, also the second thing, where we're going to be having fruit instead of French fries. The second thing is there's no there's no charge, no charge. Well, wait, there's no charge. How are you going to get money from us? Because you're going to donate. <laughs> you may you may be eating the most expensive hamburger today in your life. If God impresses you to, uh, to, to, to make a, a big donation to this. And, you know, and this money, this, this, is, this is not to come from your, your tithes and your offerings to the church. Um, that, is, that, that money belongs to the, to the storehouse here. If this church wasn't here, there would be no other outreaches. And there would be no sharing of the Great Commission around the world. And so today, I, I'm going to talk with you uh, about... Uh, something that's important to me and near and dear to my heart and it's going to be an issue of, of, of justice. We'll be talking about that. But before I do that, I just I, I want to do something very quickly. Uh, twelve years ago today, uh, I don't know if you know where you were twelve years ago today, but I know where I was. And where I was twelve years ago today is I was standing in front of Mike and Jenny Olis pronouncing them as husband and wife. <laughs> Today's our anniversary. <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you something, folks. They, I, I, know, I know I can say this. I mean, I, I, know, I know it's okay if I say this. Um, it hasn't been easy. But they've stuck in there. Amen. They've stuck in there. And, uh, and they, they trusted God to make it happen. When they, when they fell down... Um, they got up and they dusted themselves off and said, let's keep going, let's keep going, let's keep going. And there's, there's, they are a testimony to the fact that if you don't quit, that God can redeem anything. Amen. So Mike and Jenny, I'm proud of you guys. A few years ago, I, uh, Mike is a, is a carpenter and I drug him with me to Africa to, uh, to build a school and uh, rebuild a school, and uh, it was quite an experience. You want to go back, Mike? Next year. <laughs> okay. Next year. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I, sometimes we, we live in this, in this culture that we honestly, we, 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 we have learned how to buy off ourselves with with this thing of, 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 of justice, of social justice. We, we've learned how to do a few nice things and to kind of ease the pain of it a little bit where we didn't really solve the problem, but the only problem we did solve was our guilt. You know, well, I, at least I've, I've, done, I've, done, I've done something. And sometimes we, we get confused. We... we we're looking at not, not the real situation that we need to be working on. Uh, we're not looking at what the real truth is. Now, I've got a story I'm going to tell you, and I know that um, um, Pastor Josh is probably going, he's, he's, he's begged me not to tell this story. But there are a few of you over the years that I have been involved in helping you to, to develop a very refined, dignified sense of humor. 
And so I'm going to tell you the, the, this story, and um, I, I love it. I, it's one of my favorites, one of my favorite stories right now. But this guy was walking down the street, and he sees a sign, and it says, Talking Dog for Sale, $5. And he's a dog. So, he, just out of curiosity, the guy goes in to where this where the dog was, and and he's, the, the owner's there, and he says, "You're selling a talking dog for five? Yeah, yeah." And he said, "Well, I. What do you mean?" So, well, my dog, the dog can talk. So, oh, come on, dogs can't talk. Let's go ahead and talk to him. And he says, so he looks at the dog and he says, um, "Can can you talk?" And the dog says, "Yep." Yes, I figure, yeah, I ain't talking to that. And he says, no, huh? And the dog, then the dog looks at the guy and he says, yes, I can talk. Oh, my goodness. He says, well, how, how'd you learn to talk? So, well, a number of years ago, I was, uh, I was in the CIA. And uh, so he begins to tell these stories about, you know, he was in the CIA working in Afghanistan and uh, working through all of the, the, um, the situations of helping Americans get out of tough situations. He would run through what's going on and come back and tell what was going on. And um, the guy says, man, that's incredible. And he looks at the owner and he says, this dog can talk. And he goes, yeah, I know, I said that. I says, but it's a talking dog and you're going to sign for $5? And the guy says, yeah, yeah. He says, dog like that is worth more than five dollars he says no 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 you don't understand you don't understand at all that that dog's a liar he's never been in the cia <laughs> so for those of you refined sense of humor and you know dignified you but you know you know sometimes you know we can look at things and and kind of kind of get off on the wrong, the wrong point of view, that there's, there's a glaring thing that's in the way, and we just, we, we get so focused on something that we forget what is honestly, what is really going on, and I want to talk today about justice and about attacking the, the root of the problem, and not just, you know, not just buying a bag of rice, but how do we attack the root of the problem? You know, a number of years ago, and, and one of the biggest blights in American history was, was prohibition. Started off with a good idea. You know, men don't need to be getting drunk. They need to stay at home and be good, good fathers. And so this group of temperance women, through power that they were able to wield, uh, created a dynamic problem. You know, and this prohibition, um, while it might have, they might have had a, a, an idea of making something good happen, they weren't dealing with the root of the problem. And out of this good idea came this big disaster of a person named Al Capone, who was able to, um, to create even just further develop the whole issue behind, behind the mafia and organized crime. This, this idea of... We want this to happen, and so we are going to try and force this to happen. And, and the irony of it is, is that it went the exact opposite way. What was meant to do good was to create a huge, huge disaster, a big blight on, on our nation. You know, it wasn't, the issue wasn't that people 
you know, people, they didn't need to quit drinking alcohol. They needed to be redeemed. They needed to find Jesus. And so today, as we're talking about this, this issue of, of justice, I want to, I want to, I'm not going to, again, it's not going to be a big, a big issue because I'm going to talk about the issue that, you know, yes, justice does matter. But more than that, we have to look at the real root of why we need justice. The word justice, what it really means is as it should be. Justice is as it, as it should be. And so when we talk about justice, we're talking about making things the way that they should be. Yes, men in the 1920s needed to, to, to not be drunkards and stay home and take care of their kids and their family. That's what they needed to do. But trying to force something on people that they didn't have an interchange of their heart, wasn't gonna, it didn't work and it never will work. We have, I, I'm, I'm a, uh, a politically minded person, but I know that getting a Christian president in the, off, in the, in the, in the office is, is not the answer. The answer is we need a revival in America. We need to have the Holy Spirit sweep across our country and radically change people's lives. And so when we're talking about this issue of this uh, living in this age of, of, uh, of, of corruption, living in this, in this spirit of the world that we live in today, you know, how do we go to the root of the problem? And the, and the issue really is, and, and today, I don't want today to be a, a missions day. I don't want it to be a, a kid care day where we're talking about trying to correct the injustice of, of kids that are starving because any time that there is a, a you know, a, a problem uh, in, in, in a third world country or around the world, you know, it, it's never the, uh, the, big, the big people, the power people that suffer. It's always, it's the kids. It is, it is the elderly that suffer. And that's unjust. It shouldn't be that way. When, when God instructed a few of us to start a church, he gave us a scripture out of Isaiah chapter 61. And the, the whole chapter was built on the idea of what we are to do as a church and as a church family. And in Isaiah chapter 61, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn to it, you can follow along with me. But in Isaiah chapter 61, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news okay, to the poor. And he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and... Um, to, uh, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for those in prisons and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God and vengeance of God. I, I want to pause here for a second. This idea of, of, of vengeance of God you know, that there, there, that there is a time that God is going to step in and say, okay, those of you that have been abusing, your number's up. It is going to happen someday. Someday God's vengeance is going to come and there is going to be, for those who have totally rejected God, there will be a correction. 
but we are also to comfort all who mourn um, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion. It's a part of what we do. This is another way that Jesus is going to say it a little later on is he's going to look at all of us and he's, and he's going to look at his disciples and he's going to say to them, okay, I want you to go into all the world to, to preach the gospel, to proclaim the good news. This good news that, that, that those who are captive, who are tied down, that there's, there's a promise, there's a way out for you. And so the issue behind the whole thing is not, well, we need to go out and socially change the world. Um, I have hung around a lot of social activists and people that are committed to, to social activity. And, and they're just simply trying to put a band-aid on the problem. They would hate the idea of saying, well, you know, you're, you know we're, we're just kind of doing something like prohibition. We're trying to, to change something from the outside. But the issue is, is that men's hearts need to be changed. Men's heart needs to be changed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something. I don't want to be overly dramatic, but, but I, I need to do this today to be overly dramatic, okay? If this isn't a part of social justice... It's a scam. If this isn't a part of everything that we do in our everyday life, then we are nothing more than, than just than, than a, a gong, a, a symbol that has, that has no real meaning to it. And the cross of Jesus Christ, the Great Commission, we have been commissioned to, yes, to, to mourn and to, to comfort those who grieve in Zion, but there is only one comfort. And the comfort is the fact that Jesus Christ paid the price on the cross to put all of us into a right relationship so we don't have to go out and, and tell men to, to quit drinking alcohol, but we go out and we can say, here is a reason not to be an alcoholic because there's a promise, there's a way to get out of it, and it is the cross of Jesus Christ. It is what he did on the cross to forgive us of our sins, to set us free, to set the captives free. And when Jesus started his ministry, he went into the temple, he unrolled the scroll, and he read Isaiah chapter 61, that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news. And the good news is there is a way out. And it's only through the cross. Lay my cross down, okay? Now, I know that every one of you, you have had times in your life where you have been treated unjustly. There's been something that happened. Maybe, maybe for, for some of you, it may feel like that your entire life has been nothing but an unjust situation, an unjust thing, that, that I, it, just, it just seems like no matter where I turn, something goes wrong. When Leah, you know, we know I'm not, we're not going to talk a lot about the story, but when, when Leah uh, married Jacob, it was through deception. 
Jacob had to work for, for what, who thought he was getting Rachel instead. Uh, her father did a, did, a, did a trick and gave her the wrong, a different bride. Um, here he is. He's working, he's working more years to try and get the original deal of, of, uh, of Rachel. Leah is his wife. He's, um, uh, anyway, he's, still, he's got this wife. Not, not that we are promoting or backing polygamy at all. It was just the way that it was at the time. God has never endorsed polygamy. God has never said it was the right way. Uh, it's just that we make some messes, and sometimes God will even work with us in that situation. But the unjust situation was is that, that Leah was being a, a good wife. And the Bible says that uh, when the Lord saw Leah was not loved, he opened her womb. It was unjust. And God saw that, that Leah was just a something that was being used. Now, we're talking about Jacob. We're talking about one of the, the you know, the one who is the father of, of uh, many of the names of the 12 tribes of, of, of Israel. And so you've got to be careful how you badmouth Jacob, okay? You've got to be careful because he's going to say, I, I heard that sermon, Larry. Um, but... God saw. The Bible says that God saw that Leah was not loved. And she was, it wasn't her fault that she didn't, was not a, as attractive as, 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 her, as her sister. It wasn't her fault that, that her dad had, uh, had tricked uh, Jacob and, 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 you know, did, a, did a, 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 a change on him, did a bait and switch. It wasn't, it wasn't her fault. And here she is in a, in a loveless marriage. And God says to, to, to her, I'm, I'm going I'm to take care of this for you. And so Rachel, the one that Jacob loved, was barren. Leah, the unloved woman, uh, ultimately, God did open her womb and she gave birth to two to, to sons. One of her sons that she gave birth to was, was a guy, the one that she named him Judah. And, and, and Judah, um, now, wh- who, did, who do we know about that came through the tribe of Judah? What was his name? Jesus, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That Jesus was a part of the, the promise came through a situation that didn't look fair, didn't look just, but doesn't matter because God was there. And maybe you're in a situation and you say, this is just unjust, it's not fair, it's not right, what is going on? But God is going to be there with you in that situation. Folks, it's not over until it's over. And there may be the situations that you're struggling through and you're saying, will justice ever come my way? Will, will it ever happen? And the answer is, is, is yes, it, it, it can happen and it, and it will happen. And the thing that motivates Janice and, and, and me in, in what we do in, in world outreach, it's not the stories about babies that have been found, thrown away in outhouses and our directors have gone and picked, and 
pull them out of, the, uh, out of these outhouses. It's not the stories of little girls that have, have been sold into sex slavery and had to become a, a wife of a, a 13 or 14-year-old girl, become a wife of a, uh, of a 50 or 60 or 70-year-old man. It's not the stories of little boys that have been kidnapped and, and had to become warriors at the age of 12 and 13. By the way, if you've seen, the, if you ever did see the movie Blood Diamond, it's, those are the stories that, that we deal with of, of little boys that, that are captured and they, they're taught to hate. They're, they're taught to, they're, they, they're taught to kill. We, we, we see those things. But what we also know is that, that these stories, while they're there and the, the abuses are there, what drives us is that whether it is the abused child or whether it is the abuser themselves, that they're all facing a Christless eternity. And the great commission is that we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel to preach the gospel in an unjust world to people who are doing unjust things, people just like us. And we are to be involved in, 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 in making a difference in their lives. And as God saw that Leah's heart was hurting, as God saw that Leah was struggling, he, he not only fulfilled a promise but to her, but he also fulfilled a promise to the entire world to all of creation, that, that through Leah, that the, the Messiah was going to come. And that's the reason that we, when we're talking about the fact that justice matters, that God is going to be there, and that God has called us to be agents of, of justice, not social justice. Again, I, I am committed to, to social justice. I, I want to see it happen. But if the cross isn't involved... If the gospel of Jesus Christ isn't there, then it doesn't really matter. It's just another act that's going to fall apart a little later on. And so when we are, are doing things, then there's a certain part of what we do as Kid Kid International that is not faith-based. And so I am able to go to, to people and say, if you will feed these kids, I promise you, we are not going to take your money and buy Bibles. And I can do it all the time. I did it a couple of weeks ago at, at the uh, Kiwanis meeting in, in, uh, in La Cañada. We're not going to buy Bibles with the money that you give us. We are going to feed and to educate kids. But I also, but I want you to know that I'm a man of faith and I'm going to put these kids around the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we're not going to take your, your, your money. I want you to, to be aware of that. And they go, that's all I want to hear then. That's all I want to hear. I want to feed some hungry kids. And so we have to be involved in advancing it. But if it does not ultimately come down to the fact that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, nothing else matters. Now, the issue behind prayer, that prayer matters, justice matters, we have to be looking at injustice and saying, I can do something to change that. And the unjust side of it is we need to preach the entire good news, not just here is a bowl of rice, but also the good news is, and by the way, I want you to have the energy to praise God. I want you to have the energy to, to follow the Lord in all that he's doing in your life. We, we know the story of the unjust judge. I don't want to, Josh talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I don't want to spend a great deal on it. But, the, but, but Jesus is talking to, to us in this parable. And he says, if you want your prayers answered, 
here's some. This is not a commentary on God. God's an unjust judge, and you've got to wear him down. What he's saying is this is a commentary on your attitude about prayer, that you have to be people of prayer. If you're going to get involved in social issues and the social side of it and the unjust side, then prayer matters. Prayer is something that you have to, to be very, very, very involved in. And as we are looking at this issue of, of, of prayer, is looking at the issue of justice, looking at the story of the unjust judge, the unjust judge who is, he's, he's, he's the Bible, Jesus says, he didn't fear God, didn't fear man. He even said, the, even the just, I don't fear God or a man at all, I don't care. The, but the woman comes to him and says, I'm being treated unjustly and I want you to give me justice. You know, get out of here, woman, I don't care about you. She, just, she keeps going back and wearing the guy down. And Jesus is saying, now this is, how you, this is how you are to approach prayer. God is not the unjust judge, but you need to have a mentality. Jesus is never afraid to go to extremes to get us to understand something. And so he goes to this extreme and says, you got to approach prayer this way. And so, you know, finally, the unjust judge says, okay, just to get the woman out of my hair, I'm going to give her justice. And Jesus says, listen to what the unjust judge said. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he, will he keep putting them off? And I tell you that he will see that they get justice and quickly. He's telling us to continue to pray, to, to, to get involved in prayer. Well, I prayed about it once or, well, you know, you know I, I, I used to have this guy that I was forced to hang around. Um, we worked together. You know, and he says, I, no, I just pray once. And that's it. If God wants to answer it, he'll answer it. If he doesn't, listen, have you ever read the Bible? Yeah. You know, listen, we, we have been told to keep going back. And, 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 and Jesus said, he's using the word justice, that, that, that the importance of continuing steadfast in prayer and justice. And then he says, Jesus, in this same flow of verses here, he says, And when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? That justice and faith are cousins. I, I just don't want you to know I made that up. Um, <laughs> but justice and faith are cousins. They, 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 they live together. They, they're connected. They come from the same bloodline. And if we don't have faith in our prayers, well, I, you know, I prayed and God didn't answer, so I, I guess my faith is weak. Or, but Jesus said, no, you've got to keep going back. You've got to keep going back. You've got to keep asking. You've got to keep asking. You've got to keep going before the Lord. You know, and, you know, maybe it's what I'm saying today. You've heard it before from me. But the Bible gives pastors instructions to, to, to tell people and to keep reminding I keep reminding them, remind them again and again and again. And I have to keep reminding myself. Sometimes I get tired of praying for the same thing. Sometimes I get tired of it and say, I, I feel like that it's redundant. I feel like I'm just, it's rote memory. It's just, just kind of, well, and, and do this, God. 
And, and, but, but the word of God says you have to keep asking. One of the greatest fathers of the Christian faith uh, in, in recent times, in, in the 1800s, was a guy by the name of George Mueller. If you've ever read stuff by and about George Mueller, he was, he was God's man of faith. He would pray and he would see God do great, great, great things. He believed in the importance of prayer. And George Mueller, um, he, he talks about, number one, just the heart of, of the believer, the heart of, of, of hanging out with, with God. And he says, and he's talking about his daily devotional life of learning how to, on a daily basis, be with the Lord. You know, not for the purpose of, of prayer and asking, but just being around the Lord. And Mueller says, at this point, I saw more clearly than ever that the first uh, great and primary business which I ought to attend to every day was to have my soul happy in the Lord. My first and primary business is to have my soul happy in the Lord. The first thing to be concerned about was not how much might I serve the Lord or how I might glorify the Lord, but how I might get my soul in a, in a happy state and how my inner man might be nourished. For I might seek to set forth the truth before the unconverted. You know, I might want to say, I want to lead somebody to the Lord. I might try, I might seek to, for the benefits of the believers, to cause the church to grow. And I might seek to relieve the distress or take care of the downtrodden. And I might, in other ways, seek to, to behave myself as, as becomes a child of God or myself to become mature, more mature in the Lord. And yet, not be happy in the Lord and not be nourished and strengthened in my inner man day by day. All this might not be attended to in a right spirit. So just going out and working isn't the issue. Just approaching social injustice isn't the issue. It is that place of getting happy with the Lord. Let me, let me ask you a question. Are you happy in the Lord? Does hanging out with Jesus put a smile on your face? Does that, that presence of, of thing of, you know, I, I, I get, I get to, to, to worship the Lord today. Um, can we put the, the lyrics to, to up on the song, um, No Other Name? I asked Ed if he could do this. Uh, you can't, is it, am, I, am I too far past it now? Okay, okay. I, I just sprung this on him because, right? you know, we were singing this song in the worship time. I thought, holy smokes, this is a big setup. <laughs> wow. See, something happens for me as a pastor. Something happens when, when we come together, your spirit of expectation creates uh, a lot of possibilities, and sometimes I'll be sitting here and it's just sort of like the Holy Spirit's coming in and saying, you know, they, they're, they're coming together and they're feeding off of each other and there's a real hunger for something dynamic going on here. And Larry, you need to say this. 
uh, you know, and the Holy Spirit is prompting something to come about. And, and so, I mean, I mean, while we are obligated to prepare sermons and to put our teachings together, we also must be obligated to sit here and say, Lord, what is the special word that you want to have for the people here? As they've come together, you've created something that didn't exist before. As we were preparing the sermon, your, your heart of, wow, we get to hang out with the Lord here for a few minutes. And out of that comes this spirit of expectation and this hunger for more and more of God. Okay, my heart will sing no other name. My heart's not going to sing social justice. My heart's not going to sing we need to, to get involved in, uh, in something. It's just, it's just no other name but, but Jesus. Okay, go to the next one. You, you are good, you are good. When there's nothing good in me. Inside of me, I can read Isaiah 61 all I want. I can talk about helping the downtrodden. I can help about those that have a a smoldering wick. I can talk about all that. But if it isn't getting back to to the simple thing of Jesus, because I'm going to do good out of a wrong motive. Okay, so you are love, you are love. On, on display for all to see. When you're getting happy with God every day, you're going to understand that the love that He has and how it's going to drive us. Okay, your light. And when darkness closes in, I've been in some of the some really dark places around the world. You know, and, and when that promise of Christ comes in, and I've seen it happen time and time again of when somebody is having a revelation of the promise of of the gospel of Christ and they look up and they see, ah, Christ is the answer. And that light comes on. Your hope. You've, You've covered all my sin. We have no other hope other than Christ. Your peace. When my fear is crippling, you're true even in my wondering. God, I'm stumbling around, but God, you're still there and you're still on my side. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll stop and get back to the, to the regular PowerPoint here. But the, the main thing I want to say is that when we're coming in like this, let your spirit realize that you know, we're coming in and we're, we're creating something that doesn't exist right now. Our spirits are mingling together. We're worshiping the Lord. The Holy Spirit is walking among us. Our faith is increasing. We're saying these words. We're confessing these words. The power of the Holy Spirit is building something, and the church is moving ahead. And that's the reason that when we come together to worship, it's not, it's not some kind of a preliminary. It is that issue of we're tuning our hearts up to, 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 to worship the Lord and to sit in His presence. Now, Mueller is going to go on to say in, in some other, of his other writings, you know, the difference between what is more important, prayer or work. And, and Mueller is going to say, he says, you know, here is the secret of great success. Work with all of your might, but never push, put your trust in your work. Pray with all of your might for the blessing of God, but, when the, but in the same time, with all, all diligence and perseverance, Pray. Pray, then work. Work, then pray. And still again, pray and then work. And so on all the days of your life, 
the result will be surely will be an abundant blessing. Whether you see much food or little food, this kind of service will be blessed. And so the issue is that, that yes, you know, because justice matters, yes, because prayer matters, and also because action matters. We have to be people of action, not just say, well, I'll pray about it. But there comes the time when we have to open our mouth and tell somebody about Jesus Christ. There comes time when we have to, to, to step out and, and take that, that issue of learning how to pray for somebody. And by faith praying. There comes time when we have to take out our wallet and say, I'm going to give above what I'm able to do right now because I know of the importance of this. And I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God to do these great things over the years of our time in ministry, Janice and I have seen some, some really incredible things happen. And one time we were sending a container of medical supplies to South Africa. It got held up in customs and it was all cleared. It shouldn't have had a problem, which always happens no matter what you do. And uh, so we're waiting and praying. And, this, and I, uh, it was sitting in port in, you know, for, for a couple of months couldn't get it freed up. I, I started writing letters to, I wrote letters to Nelson Mandela. you got to help me. I've got this stuff I'm trying to give to your country and, you know, the, 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 you know, it's, the, the, the corruption is blocking it off. Uh, you got to help me. Didn't get anything back. Wrote letters to, to the president, our president. Didn't get anything back. Don't bother me. You know, you know, I wrote letters. I was asking and keep asking and asking and asking and asking and asking. And I, I wrote a letter to a, to a guy that, um, that I thought might be able to help me. And uh, I, get, I get a call. I got a call. And uh, not from the guy himself, but from a secretary. She calls me and she says, um, is this Larry? I said, yeah. She says, well, I'm calling for Bono. And I want you to know that we're getting involved as much as we can to, to get your, your shipment freed up. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, the next day... Uh, I get a call from the customs office in South Africa. Oh, by the way, everything is freed up. You're ready to go. And here's a man who, we can look at him, we can say, whoa, he's getting a little sketchy. Um, But here's a man that has a heart for God. I'm I'm telling you. Bono is a man of God. He serves the Lord wholeheartedly. I want to play a video. And... uh, I want to show you something of the importance of how, you know, yes, we do need to do something, and that is to tap into what God is doing. So let's go ahead. I'd like to talk about the, uh, the laws of man here in this city where those laws are written. And I'd like to talk about higher laws. It would be great to assume that one serves the other, that the laws of man serve these higher laws, but of course they don't always. And I presume that, in a way, is why you're all here. It's not a coincidence that in the scriptures, poverty is mentioned more than 2,100 times. It's not an accident. It's a lot of airtime. As you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. As I say, good news to the poor. God may well be with us in our mansions on the hill. I hope so. He may well be with us in all manner of controversial stuff. Maybe, maybe not. 
But the one thing we can all agree, all faiths, all ideologies, is that God is with the vulnerable and the poor. God is in the slums, in the cardboard boxes where the poor play house. God is in the silence of a mother who has infected her child with a virus that will end both their lives. God is in the cries heard under the rubble of war. God is in the debris of wasted opportunity and lives. And God is with us if we are with them. A number of years ago, I met a wise man who changed my life um, in countless ways, big and small. I was always seeking the Lord's blessing. I'd be saying, look, I've got a new song. <laughs> Would you look after? I have a family. I'm going away on tour. Please look after them. And this wise man asked me to stop. He said, stop asking God to bless what you're doing. Get involved in what God is doing because it's already blessed. ask the worship band to come up and as they're coming I ask the ushers to come up and as you are opening your heart now to, to give to the Lord of giving because because it's something that, that God has instructed us to do to be like him to be like him and that God so loved the world that he gave, he gives he's a giving God so I'm going to ask you this morning as you're giving to support the, the vision of this church, not, not the giving to support, you know, to buy bags of rice for kids. You're going to do that outside. It's going to be a donation. You're going to drop it in a five-gallon water jug sitting out there. If you, don't, if you have a credit card, um, we have a square. Um, we can uh, take your money any way you want to give it. But, um, but I want to encourage you in something this morning. And that is, you know, Lord, as, as, as a fully balanced Christian, I don't want to be hung up on things that, that doesn't matter. The issue is not to, to, we don't want to pull off another prohibition thing. We want men's hearts to be changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. So, Father, we pray this morning that you would bless this offering. And as we are seeking to reach out to a world that is lost and dying, that we will reach out with the message of Christ. God, not with a, not with a thing of we want you to live the way that we tell you to live. But we want you to encounter the risen Christ. And thank you for your faithfulness, Lord Jesus. God, bless this offering that the name of Jesus Christ will be lifted higher because there is no other name. Blessed be your name. Amen. <laughs>